You're listening to the Wicked Case Podcast featuring Cool Kyle and the Rev Kev. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Hello. And welcome to this week's episode of the Wicked Case Podcast. Welcome. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Yes, thank you. I'm Cool Kyle. I'm Rev Kev. And we are here to talk about sports. Sports. And Rev knows more about this, so he's going to take the reins on it. But I'm going to interject a little bit. Um, well, I'll say when it comes to the first topic we're going to quickly talk about, because I do need to mention it, because it is a sport, and even though I don't talk about it very frequently... And I'm not really going to be able to go super in-depth with it. And for that, I do apologize. I just, Like I said, I still need to acknowledge what's happening. However, I will never acknowledge Roman Reigns. Wow. That being said, um, so the NBA is in its final four teams. You have the uh, two-seed Celtics and the eight-seed Heat in the East and the one-seed Denver Nuggets and the seven-seed LA Lakers out West. Currently right now, at the time of recording, which is one twelve on Monday, the 22nd of May, the Nuggets and Heat respectively both have three games to none leads on their opponents. Um, basically, from what I gathered from reading up on how things were going for at least the Celtics' perspective, they had leads in both of their first games, in games one and two, at home. Uh, they blew the leads late, and there is apparently... A moment in basketball where it's like clutch time, winning time, whatever you want to call it. Like those those critical moments in a game where a quote-unquote championship team will know to go for the jugular and just close the game out and be done with it. Well, you let these younger teams, younger teams, but you let these lower-seeded teams, you know, stay around, kind of like what the Bruins did with the Panthers, mm-hmm. which obviously what the Panthers are doing are remarkable, and we'll talk about them in a minute. Um Celtics lost both of those first two games at home and then had one of probably their worst performances last night as a franchise, not just in the season, as a franchise, getting completely routed by 26 points in a must-win game. And now we'll try to do something that no team has ever done, which has come back from a 3-0 deficit. However, uh, no team had ever come back from a 3-0 deficit in baseball, and the Red Sox did it to the Yankees in 4 so, and according to apparently these statistics and stats and analytics that are out there, even though the Celtics are down three games to none, they still have like a 50% chance or 60 or whatever it was to still win the series. But they're going to have to seriously pull their heads out of their ass and figure something out. Otherwise, they're going to be sent home with a whole lot of nothing. Yeah. Well, and you look at it like yet again, you know, I hate to bring this up, but like Bruins and Panthers, you know, I mean, coming back from. You know, well, it's just another team from South Florida that's sticking it to a Boston team is it, what that is. So. Exactly. But, I mean, you know, you, like I said, you, you can't come out flat. I mean, like Jason Tatum, right? He led the team in points with the game, uh, game three, 14 points. That's, that's just can't be a thing. No. Your leading scorer in a must-win game cannot score 14 points. No. That can't be a thing. Marcus Smart had eight points. It's just, it's not good all around right now. And if the Celtics intend on doing anything in the series, they have to come with a much better effort. And I mean, from here on out, at least in Boston's perspective, you can treat every game from here on out like it's game seven because it basically is. Every game now moving forward, including game seven, if you get there, will be a game seven winner take all. Yeah. And it's a very simple, and obviously we've talked about it before when the Bruins were up 3-1 on the Panthers, and I said, no, at most of the time, athletes will play their hardest when, they're, when, their, when their backs are against the wall. And the Celtics kind of, you know, got out of the series with Philadelphia fairly well. I mean, they went seven games, but, and there were some games they slipped, it, slipped up on, and they had issues with the Hawks in the first round, and they got by them, and, you know, you, you can't just coast the entire way. So, yeah, they're being they're being humbled right now, and they haven't really had a clear path for them. Because instead of playing the Heat, they should have had to play the fucking Bucks, but the Bucks were the number one seed, and they got booted in the first round by Miami. Mm. So, yeah, and I agree with you on that. I think that you know, it's it like you said, every game is game seven. Yeah, right. 
you know, you, you really got to play your hardest. The problem is, is that yet again, you go down a couple of games, you're like, okay, I got to come back. When you come down to a, th- you know, losing three games and you only have one more game at that point, it's like, you're, you're basically your backs against the wall. You got to do something, you know, you got to change something up, mm-hmm. you know? So, I'm uh, sorry. I had to yawn. Oh, it's okay. That came out of nowhere. I am so sorry. That came out of nowhere. Um, now, as far as the other series goes, uh, again, I I don't know too much about it. Colin would make the joke that I know a lot about that series because I'm allegedly LeBron James, <laughs> from what he says, and uh, I've and obviously LeBron and the Lakers are playing in that series with uh, the Nuggets. From from what I see, just based on the scores. The Nuggets are a good team. They're a consistent team. Um, they're led by uh, Nikola Jokic, and they also have uh, Jamal Murray, who's been playing well for them. I mean, like I said, I don't really have too much to say. I mean, Jokic had a triple-double in the first game. That's pretty impressive. Mm. Do you know what a triple-double is? No. So in basketball, if you get double digits in anything, like for specific specific stats, like – in this case, uh, points, rebounds, and assists, it's a triple-double because you did three things and you got double. And they can oh, get the okay. elusive quadruple-double, which is very hard to do. So he had 34 points, 14 assists, and 21 rebounds. That's pretty fucking good. Oh, okay. Um, but from what it just looks like, I just I think as much oomph and effort are as the Lakers are putting into the series, I just think the Nuggets are a better team. That's why they're the one seed, and that's why they weren't playing in the playing games the Lakers are. That being said, you probably can't, can't count out a team like the Lakers with the with LeBron James, but obviously LeBron James is getting up there in age. He, I'm pretty sure he started his NBA career when we were in high school. I think oh, in wow. like oh, I think in like 2000, I think oh five. I think he got drafted. Hold on. Um, let me double check. I should I should know this because you know I'm on a oh three. So yeah, so his yeah he was the first pick um overall in the oh three draft. So yeah, he he came right out of high school and he. So I mean, Christ, that was before we even started fucking um high school. We were we started high school in oh four. So he was you know. Yeah, that's a long, and he's still playing. So what does that tell you? I mean, he's well, about what was that? Twenty years, right? Oh three to two thousand twenty three, about almost twenty years. That's why yeah. he is now the all time NBA scoring leader because he's been playing consistently very well for twenty years. But unless you know crazier things happen, which I will be honest, before when we had a chance to talk about this, like if the series hadn't been started yet, I said to you, I said I feel like the league itself would like Celtics Lakers just based on the rivalry. You could have Tatum versus LeBron. It doesn't look like they're going to get that. It looks like they're probably going to get Denver and Miami. I almost said Florida. Technically, it is Florida, but it's Denver and Miami. I don't know how well those two teams would shake out. Um, I mean, I, they're, they do I, have a heavy hand ba- uh, fan base. They do. Both teams do. I mean, obviously, all these teams do. Obviously, the Lakers and the Celtics carry more of the prestige because, as memory serves me correctly, I don't believe the Nuggets have ever won a championship, and I could be wrong saying that. And if I am, please let me know in the comments or wherever you want to let me know. And I know the Heat have a couple. They have, I think, two or three championships. Okay. So, at the end of the day, if you're a basketball fan, you just want to see good competition and good basketball. You don't want to be seeing blowouts constantly. So, if yeah. if if the Heat and Nuggets are a good enough matchup where it goes five, six games, then that's cool. And if the Nuggets win their first championship, if they haven't won one yet, which, again, I don't think they have, well, good for them. That is true. Yeah, that's unfortunately. I'm sorry. That's really all I got. I really wish I could go more in depth with it, but <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to try to, you know, bullshit our way through. I'm it. not. Uh, I mean, I already kind of BS my way through it as it was. So, I mean, if if anybody wants to come on and talk basketball with us, if you want to take the reins, and I'll just kind of interject little points here and there. I haven't really been watching. I mean, I watched some of uh, Game Seven against the Sixers when the Celtics were in game seven and I watched a little bit of the game last night, but when I saw they were just getting completely demolished and I was just like, I don't honestly care. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that's the thing. Like I, you know, I don't mind watching basketball if it's on, but I'm not a huge fan of it. Like I am hockey or football. It's, it's normally just like 
background noise for me. Yeah. But that being said, when the finals come up, if you get to a point where a team could be eliminated and a team could win a championship, I'll probably, I probably wouldn't watch the whole game, but I would more than likely probably watch like the fourth quarter, like the last maybe like five to 10 minutes of the fourth quarter. Yeah. And go from there. Cause yeah, just see how everything's going and right, right, right. right. Watch the championship celebration. Of course. Yeah. I don't blame you. Now we'll go from the hardwood to the ice. Oh. And we'll discuss some uh, some hokey. So your conference finals are matched up as the uh, the Florida Panthers, who are essentially the eight seed because they played the one seed in Boston. Yeah. The Hurricanes, who are a one seed, uh, at least in their conference. Overall, though, um, the Hurricanes would be technically a two seed. And then on the other side, uh, Vegas would be considered the one seed in the West, where Dallas would be considered the four seed in the West. Mm-hmm. So it's if, if you're going with the old school numbers. Yeah. Uh, right now, both of those series are at 2-0. And crazily enough, all four games have all gone to overtime. Mm-hmm. The, the Panthers just keep doing historical things that I just did not expect to happen at all. Uh, Matthew Kachuk, who has been pretty much a a gem for the Panthers after making the trade with them and the, with them and the Flames in the off season, where they shipped out Mackenzie Weger and uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, and Matthew Kachuk's just oh he's just scored the OT winners in both Game One and Game Two. Game One's OT winner, by the way, was in the rare now quadruple overtime. Mm. And then he scored a really nice goal, which you haven't seen it for game two. You go look it up. It's a really nice goal. Uh, nice, quick, bang, bang, power play setup goal with like about, I think, a minute and change into the second game's overtime. Well, the second game's first overtime, and they yeah. scored on didn't. Well, and that's the thing, too. You know, his, his stock has gone up now. Oh, absolutely. His stock has gone up. And they're calling him the Rat King, which, first off, Marshan has always been and will always be the Rat King. <laughs> I mean, if if... If Kachuk wants to be brought into the nation of rats, that's fine, but Marshan will forever be known as the Rat King. He's had the reputation far longer than Matthew Kachuk has. When yeah. Marshan leaves the ice permanently and is no longer playing, there might be a new Rat King. But for forevermore, Marshan will always be the Rat King. <laughs> I mean, the Panthers have put themselves in a great spot, though. They've won both games on the road. Now they have a chance to win the next two games at home and potentially sweep the Hurricanes and still go on an historic run, which... I know I mentioned this to the group, and I'm going to pull it up right now so I can uh, can read this out. So a lot of people in um, in the hockey realm know about the President's Trophy curse, which is if you win the President's Trophy, things don't go well for your team. You're either knocked out in the first round or you're swept or something that should not happen does happen. Mm. Case in point with the Bruins. However... Apparently, the last few years, there has been a reverse to this curse, which is the past two President's Trophy winners and three of the last four have won the Stanley Cup the season after having the league's best record, which would mean that last year's President's Trophy winner was the Florida Panthers. Oh, Jesus. So if the Panthers do it, then that could be the three last. So that would mean that theoretically next year, the Bruins would be in line to win the Stanley Cup and... The next year for the Bruins is their 100th celebration as a franchise. They came around in 1924, so they would be selling their 100th anniversary of Bruins hockey. What better way to cap off 100 years of Bruins hockey than a fucking Stanley Cup? That would be nice. And especially after the year we had this year where we dominated and then got wrecked. Well, that's what what the President's Trophy curse is all about. That's why it's very few and far between that teams— win both the President's Trophy and the Stanley Cup in the same year. Mm. The last time it was done in, uh, I think, in a regular season was 2013 with the Blackhawks. And then previously before that, I believe they said it was 08 with the Red Wings. So it's oh, it's wow. been a minute. It's not easy to win both. Yeah. So, I mean, if you're a Bruins fan, you can kind of hang your hat on that just a little bit. What would you attribute to that? Like, I mean, like, obviously curses... I don't necessarily well, believe in curses. Well, but. I mean, what, it's talking about as far as the President's Trophy curse? Yeah. Like, do you I think, think it's, it's that just, they play harder in the... Well, no, you just have to, like, the playoffs are just a different beast altogether than, you know, the regular season is. And obviously the Bruins rolled in the regular season, but, and no disrespect to these teams, 
you're not playing the lower teams like, you know, the Blue Jackets who didn't have a great year or the Blackhawks or the Ducks. And you're not playing these teams that don't have maybe the level of um, competition maybe that should be up to par with what your team is. And the Bruins always found a way throughout the entire year, which is why they had an historic season. Now you're playing the same team a potential of seven times. So, you know, when you're playing a team, you know, if you play like, let's say, you know, the Blue Jackets or the Canadians or something, you play them in a one game, okay, you beat them. Now you don't see them again for a while. Whereas you play the same team over and over again, they recognize your play style, you recognize their play style. I think the whole series between Boston and Florida changed with two things, goaltending. The first thing was mm-hmm. when the Bruins were up 3-1, and if, as everybody now knows, Allmark was hurt, you bench Allmark for Game Five because you already had you had the extra pieces in place. Theoretically, if you could go back in time, maybe Sway wins Game Five for Boston, and maybe it doesn't go to overtime. Boston wins Game Five, and now they're moving on to the second round. And Florida's not even a memory; they lost in five games. They had a cute little run, and now they're gone. Yeah, but they decided to play Allmark, which I understand from Montgomery's perspective. You want to ride the hot hand, but. If there is an injury, which an athlete never wants to tell you that they're injured, but if you can tell that your goalie's laboring and you've got, oh, a, a pretty good backup goalie behind him, I can understand if you had like an AHL goalie that got called up who's never played in the NHL and doesn't, you know, and now you're putting him into this high pressure situation. Yeah. But I mean, I would have, it's the same thing with like last year. Sway played game seven last year against Carolina when we lost. And obviously, like I, we had also talked before. The expectations for that series weren't as high as they obviously they were this year. The Boston Bruins, you know, shine shined so bright for the entire year where people thought, okay, well, at some point they'll take a nosedive. And they had a little bit of kind of like a downward trajectory, but then they ripped off what seven or eight wins to end the season. And now you're coming in against a Panthers team, and this is I think another thing that contributes to it. A Panthers team who was, no pun intended, scratching and clawing their way. To get it, just just get in the playoffs. Had like I said, had the Penguins not lost to the Blackhawks at home, Florida would not have been in these playoffs. Boston would have played Pittsburgh in the first round. Yeah, but Florida somehow got in. Lion had a couple of rough games against the Bruins. They switched to their ten million dollar goalie Bobrovsky, and Bobrovsky's just launched them ever since. Yeah, and they ran through the first round. They got through the second round with Toronto, and they got through the third round. Yeah. Which, and I think for Toronto's perspective. Their Achilles was, we can't get out of the first round. Now they did, and now they're just kind of looking around going, okay, what do we do now? And Florida was just bam, 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 just hammering it all the way down. Like they, they, They're like, oh, we don't have Tampa in our way. We're just going to shoot for the moon and go for it, and that's what they're doing. Now, Carolina could come back and you know obviously take the next two games in Florida and tie this series up, and if it happens, then, you know. But. Yeah, that's a difficult task to do if you're down two games i mean not, it's not, not impossible it's but. not impossible but this game is imperative to the hurricanes if they lose this game and go down 3-0 similar to how like the leafs did it it's it, it gonna, could be a wrap it could be a short series and as wayne gretzky has famously said and i believe i've said this on the show before there are um there are three seasons in the nhl there's the regular season there's the first three rounds of the playoffs and then there's the stanley cup final because the Stanley Cup final is a whole other thing because now now you've won 12 games. Now you've made it to the, you know, you just need four more wins to get to the ultimate level of success that any NHL or any hockey athlete wants to get to. And, you know, and there's the times where you may never get there again, so you're going to play your hardest and bust your ass to get there. Yeah. Um, I fully expect a good series to continue. I mean, obviously... If the Panthers keep doing what they're doing, they're going to be hard to beat. That is true. Um, I think that the the Panthers have been one of those teams that, you know, yet again, you ride the momentum. And I think that maybe throughout the regular season, they just didn't ride that momentum. They had more losses and, you know, it affected them in some sense. Yeah. But what, like you said, once you get to playoffs, it's a totally different beast. Well, and the other thing, too, and I've talked about this before, I felt like at some point, I didn't know when it was going to happen, that the loss of Pacioretty and specifically more Svechnikov, Andrei Svechnikov for the Hurricanes, were definitely going to hurt them in the long run when it came to scoring it. Because now you're to the point where, you know, obviously all these games have been one-goal games. I mean, Mm. you know, the Panthers won game one, three, two in quadruple overtime. They won two, one, and 
one overtime. So, you know, there aren't, it's not like it's 5-2 and 6-3 like the Bruins and Panthers series was where the Bruins kind of skated away with the first game and it was kind of, eh, Panthers looked a little sloppy and then the Panthers picked it up. And I mean, Christ, Boston scored five goals and was it, and again, game six when they lost 7-5. Yeah. Most of the time when you score five goals, you've probably got a good chance to win. And if you would have told me, like, hey, the Bruins scored five goals in game six. Oh, then we won. No, no, Florida scored seven. What? Yeah. And especially with the goaltending that we had throughout the regular season. Right. There, I, I, You wouldn't have heard, like, you wouldn't have expected that, oh, well, right. Omar gave up seven goals. Six, because I think the last one was an empty netter. But still, yeah. six is still a lot. But yeah. that was another issue we've talked about before, too, with them, was that Boston had been rotating goalies all year. And they didn't rotate the goalies at the right time because I don't think a goaltender had played more than two or three games in a row all year. And with Olmark being and hurt. Olmark was hurt. And I get you're wanting to ride the hot goalie, but you got to – I think that's something that I think Montgomery did acknowledge that. Like there's something that you kind of have to look deeper and be like, you know, if so – you know, I mean, again, obviously an athlete's not going to come to you and say, hey, coach, I'm hurt. I can't play. They're going to play through the pain. Marshan did it. Apparently Hampus Lindholm was playing with a broken foot and all kinds oh, of stuff. Geez. But they're not going to say anything. Yeah. But but to flip to the other side, to the uh, Western Conference, which is the Vegas and Dallas series, another good series as well that's going on. Uh, the Knights lead that game two games to none, and I know Steph is very excited about this. <laughs> uh, the Knights won 4-3 in game one. They won 3-2 in game two. Um, I guess I watched some of the game. I watched a little bit of the game when I got home because for some reason the game was on at th- – game two was on at 3 o'clock on a Sunday, which I don't know why a conference finals game was on. That early, but the only thing I can think of was that it was on ESPN, and there was going to be NBA coverage. So I'm sure NBA wanted to have the primetime slot with the basketball game. Oh yeah, Sunday night baseball was on ESPN, and there was a whole conundrum last week with that, where the game seven that was on between Dallas and uh, Seattle or whatever it was, or whoever the teams were, started on ESPN too because they had to wait for the ESPN tonight baseball coverage to finish up till they flipped over, and it was a whole, oh yeah, it was a whole shitstorm. But um. Talk about that. I got to go pee again. That's fine. But from what it looks like, I mean, at the end of the day, what does playoffs come down to when it comes to hockey? Depth scoring. You need your stars to step up and be your stars when you need them to be. But at the end of the day, depth goal scoring and just a good team effort is what takes you to the promised land when it comes to winning a Stanley Cup. This poor bastard going to the bathroom again on me. He's killing me. But it's all good. Um, I, I mean, I don't really know <laughs> specifically what to say. And this would be a great moment to have another person here in case of Kyle was gone, but it's, it's all right. Uh, I know from what I watched, it looked like Dallas had the game not fully wrapped up, but obviously within the last couple minutes, you know, Ryan Suter, who is a veteran defenseman playing for Dallas has a rough shift. Uh, Puck finds Jonathan Marcheseau, and he's been lighting the lamp, you know, all over this series uh, and last series, of course. And they found a way to score, and the and within the first minute or so, Vegas has won both games: one thirty-five in game one, and in one twelve in in game two. And Dallas has to figure out a way to now win at home because you're never in trouble in the playoffs until you can't win at home. And if if Dallas doesn't show up, things could be real difficult. But enough of that. Kyle can give us his input when uh, he comes back with uh, the Dallas-Vegas series. Um, as far as a marketing perspective for the NHL and what they would probably want to see as a final, I don't really know what would be a best-case scenario for the NHL. I mean, if you have the Panthers in there, I mean, you do have Matthew Kachuk, so that helps as far as like name recognition and star power. You have Bobrovsky. People know who Bobrovsky is for the most part. Um. As far as the Western Conference side, I mean, I guess Vegas has a lot of stars from other teams. They have Eichel and Mark Stone and Petrangelo, and they have Marcheseau. So those would be well-known, recognized names. Because obviously, if you're a casual hockey fan watching and you don't recognize these names, then you're not going to be maybe as interested as you would be if, like, you know, a Patrick Kane or a Crosby or an Ovechkin was in the conference final. Uh, As far as the Dallas side goes, I mean... Ryan Suter's a name you might know. Jason Robertson, um, Jamie Ben, Joe Pavelski. 
ultimately, it's the same situation that you have with the NBA. You just want to see a good series. You don't want to see a blowout. You just want to see a good series. Um, thoughts on the Vegas-Dallas series, which I know we've really watched not a lot of. Yeah, I mean, it. I think it should be a good series, though. I mean, both teams have some firepower to them. Well, um, well, as I was saying before you bailed to use the facilities there, at the end of the day, you need your best players to be your best players in the playoffs, but the key to that also is you need depth scoring when they have maybe an off night. Yeah. Case in point, in both games for the overtime winner for Vegas, Chandler Stevenson scored in Game 2 and Brett Howden scored in Game 1. Name maybe Stevenson a little bit more, but I don't think Brett Howden would have been a name that would have popped up your as your list of names that you expected to score from the Vegas Golden Knights. Yeah, well, and yet again, I mean, you know, I always hate to continue to go back to the Bruins, but when you look at like the Bruins, there were certain games where like you'd expect Pasta or Marchand or Bergeron to score, or Krejci, and it ended up being like Felino or you know. Um, the uh, Brusque, the Brusque. Thank you, Marshan. Did you say Marshan? No, I'm saying like, Marshan. The top six you would oh, expect the score. Hall, Hall. Yeah, Coyle, Coyle, uh, Bertuzzi, Bertuzzi. Yeah, any of those. Me, do you want me to just name the rest of the team for you? <laughs> no, I think yeah, Nosick, right. Frederick, Greer, Hathaway. Yeah, a lot of those names were scoring. You know, during during which, yet again. You know, we lost. It is what it is. But they were still a good team. You know, a lot of those players were scoring goals. So, like you said, with the depth scoring, you need to have those players on the the bottom six scoring those goals. That's that's what I would say. So, I mean, looking at the series, I don't know much about the bottom six of the two teams, but. You know, each team has their own unique style of playing. Um, I still think that, I, I mean, me personally, that Vegas is going to probably triumph over the Stars. But, you know, it's it's a toss-up at this point. Yet again, you don't know till it's finally done. No. So. No. So. I mean, like I said, either way, I just want both series to be good. Um, from an NHL perspective, as far as championships go, uh, Dallas hasn't won a Stanley Cup since 99. It was their only Stanley Cup that they won. Obviously, Vegas was in the Stanley Cup final their first year in 2018 against the Capitals, which they obviously lost in five games. But they haven't been back since, and obviously they would be looking for their first Stanley Cup within a very short while of being in the league. Um Florida has never won a Stanley Cup. They were last there in 96 where they were swept by Colorado, as we talked about before. Mm. And Carolina last won the Cup in 06. So it's it's been a while for a lot of these teams. So it's yeah. good that there'll be some new new faces and new people in. And either somebody's going to somebody's going to win a Stanley Cup that they have that hasn't either been won before. So in the case of Vegas and Florida, someone will be a new Stanley Cup champion. There will be a team who will be raising their first Stanley Cup banner in team history. Which, which I mean, which I is which, which is cool. Yeah. So I mean, it, yet, and yet again, even if it's the other two teams, if it's the Canes and the uh, stars. stars, I mean, like you said, they haven't really seen a lot of action. Carolina's only been to the Cup final twice as the Hurricanes slash Whalers because the Whalers never had that level of success. Yeah. And the Canes did make the Stanley Cup in '02, but they got, uh, I won't say humbled, but they were obviously, you know. Shown the ropes a bit by the uh, by the Red Wings because the Red Wings were obviously at that time in 2 They were a much different team. Well, they were a much better team than the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes just kind of had like a Cinderella run they went on. And hey, we're in the Stanley Cup final, and that's cool. But Detroit was the team that probably was going to uh, was going to take it. So, mm. um, the only other NHL news that I have that I want to just quickly talk about, which could be basically the rest of the show, we'll see, is the saga, and a very interesting saga at that, of the Arizona Coyotes. I feel so bad for them. I do too. So I found this um, this article from the AZ Central from a writer named Jeremy Clough, so thanks for letting me read this on my show. I'm not trying to steal any credit. This guy wrote this up on the Arizona Republic. Um, I guess that's their um, paper or whatever out there. Yeah. So 
basically this just says, I'll try to paraphrase as much as I can. There are rumors and speculations swirling around the, you know, the future of what Arizona, what, what the Coyotes are doing in Arizona. Um, there was uh, three separate votes for them to be having a stadium and like entertainment district built in the Tempe, Arizona area. And all three proposals were banned. Well, not banned. They were, they got, no, they got rejected. They all got three. denied. Yeah, they all got denied. <clears throat> um, so right now the Coyotes are playing in the Arizona State's uh, stadium, which is the which is Mullet Arena, which holds about five thousand fans. Uh, the second smallest capacity in the NHL is the Canadian Life Center, formerly known as the MTS Arena or Center in Winnipeg, which holds about fourteen thousand. So that's a big jump. Mm. Fourteen thousand small, considering some stadium like Boston's got seventeen thousand. Chicago and Montreal are up to like nineteen or twenty thousand. I think the average is about eighteen thousand. So yeah. when you're going from playing in an eighteen thousand seat arena to a five thousand seat arena, that's a big difference. It's a big, big jump. I mean, obviously from a fan perspective, it's great because it's less seats, so it's a more intimate setting. Yeah. And you get a much better view of everything going on. Oh yeah. But as far as like a money's perspective from the NHL's they're seeing it as that's not gonna work. Yeah. The so, only way I could see that working is if the coyotes actually started doing good and performing because then the seats become more rare. They do, but the team's been good before and it's just, I mean, hockey in the desert was always, you know, like, Hey, let's put hockey in non-traditional markets to try to grow the game. Case in point, Ovechkin's famous weird. I don't even know how to describe it. His behind the head slid into the, Whatever goal that was, mm-hmm. Austin Matthews was at that game, and now Austin Matthews, of course, one of the top five players in the league, playing with the Leafs and stuff. Yeah, um, he was at that game, so that inspired him, obviously, because he grew up in Arizona. So, and Arizona has been kind of booted out of multiple stadiums, and it's just kind of like you know we don't want you. And it, I mean, the team's not great, so that doesn't help. And there's not really a lot of star power there, and. You know, from a free agent perspective, you're trying to get players to people to come there. No, no big superstars gonna want to come there. I mean, if there's some younger guy who can make a shit ton of money, he might come. I mean, for a little yeah. while they had Hall and they had Kessel, but now Kessel's playing in with Vegas in the conference finals, and Hall obviously had his run with Boston. And yeah, you're gonna go to a team that can offer you more money and more prestige. Forgot about that. That Kessel's playing for the Vegas Knights. That's an X factor right there for that. Oh, geez. Kessel about to go. Kessel going for his third cup. Oh shit! Damn. Um. So obviously, with all this talk and speculation, you know, it's brought up again, and it's been brought up before. Do the Coyotes get relocated out of Arizona? And if they do, where are they being moved to? Um. There are um different reports. The most popular option, or the most frequently heard option, is Houston. Houston yeah. is a top five area as far as um, metro goes, where like for like all cities, yeah, in the United States, they do not have a hockey team. The um, owner of the Houston Rockets has expressed interest in maybe having a hockey team. There is a hockey history in Houston. It would stay in the Central Division because that's where the Coyotes play right now, so you wouldn't have to worry about relocating a team. Because obviously, if people are like, "Oh, we'll put them in Quebec City," well, okay. But now, who gets relocated from the Eastern Conference to the Western Conference? Because you have to, you can't have nine teams. That would, I mean, I guess you could, but it'd be kind of weird to have eight, nine, seven, eight. If you have 32 teams, just have eight in the four divisions. Yeah. So keeping them in Houston, you'd have a rivalry with Dallas right off the bat because Texas is such a big state. You can have two teams. Yeah. New York, if the New York area can have, I mean, technically the New York, like metro area with the Rangers, the Devils, and the Islanders are all grouped together. And they're all there. Not to mention also Buffalo is up in New York. So there's technically a three teams. And if you count Jersey, obviously, as a metro team, which obviously Jersey is its own state. But it's close enough of proximity. There's essentially, you know. Yeah, within that short, that that span of state, you have four teams. Right. You know, versus like, you know, the the, the Texas only has. Just the stars. Just the stars. So, I mean, you could, in theory, have a second team in Houston. The arena that the... um, the Rockets play at the, the, the Toyota Center is already an NHL-approved arena because I believe an AHL team, the Iowa Stars, played there before they moved. Sorry, the 
Houston Arrows played there before when they were the Minnesota affiliate, and they moved to Iowa to become the Iowa Wild, not the Iowa Stars. I'm sorry. Oh, okay. They move uh, affiliates move around all the time. I have to keep track of all of it. <laughs> yeah. Other cities that are uh, being um, brought in: Kansas City. Kansas City has a stadium that would be able to house a hockey team. Um, obviously, they just have the Royals and the Chiefs. They don't have a basketball team. Um, obviously, they would probably support hockey as well. I would think. I don't know what can. I know Kansas City used to have the Kansas City Scouts way back when. So I don't know how big like hockey is in Kansas City, but obviously they they would have a rivalry with St. Louis, so that would also stay in the Central. Um, there are always talks of probably trying to bring another team to the Toronto area, maybe like Hamilton or something, which is close to the Toronto area. Mm-hmm. Um, Atlanta's brought up as another team, but I don't believe that Atlanta deserves to have another team when you've already had two in your history and they both got moved to Calgary and Winnipeg respectively. Okay. Um, and there was even talks about our local governor, Ned Lamont, trying to pitch to Gary Bettman to bring the team to Hartford, which Ooh. that would be great. Don't get me wrong. I'd love to see an NHL team back in Connecticut because we don't really have any major sports in Connecticut besides from the Connecticut Sun and the WNBA, which you can be the judge of whether or not it's a major sport, but it is still a franchise <laughs> in a league. I mean, yeah, I got it. I would consider it a major sport because of the WNBA is it's just a women's basketball league. I mean, you can. You can have your opinions on it, but it is It's still a league. It's that's still a recognized. league and it's still it's still recognized and it's still it's been around for years and Connecticut was one of the very few founding members way back when. They've been in the league for years. So Yeah. Um but the Hartford Civic Center or whatever you want to call it, the XL Center, whatever you want to call it, so many renovations need to be done and it needs to just it just needs a new home. And you also have to figure about scheduling with the Hartford Wolf Pack if they're gonna be there. Plus all the other shows and stuff you have. So I just, and I don't think Boston or, and the Rangers would probably appreciate having another team in that metro area because it's most of the fans in Connecticut. You're either, depending on where you live, you're either Bruins or you're Rangers. Yeah. And in some case, some of them might be Islanders fans or whatever, but you know. Yeah. I mean, I, I can understand the conundrum on that because most, I think they've come to accept that most Connecticut residents usually tend towards one right. whether it be Boston or yeah. Rangers. Um you've also got uh Milwaukee as an option, but the issue with Milwaukee would be I mean it it, it does work obviously because obviously Wisconsin is known for their ice hockey. Yeah. being as cold as it is up there and they've obviously had a pretty good tradition with with um with hockey itself. I can't talk today. I'm so sorry. Sorry. Right. Um <laughs> but I don't know if Blackhawks fans would really want that. To, or the Blackhawks, I wouldn't say the fans. I don't know if Blackhawks would appreciate having a team in close proximity to where they're at. I mean, it, so. it depends on how they function as a team. I mean, if they because yet again, you look at it in the East because the population is so packed, you can have teams that are close together and still be able to root for one or the other. They don't really care because... You, they have that that close proximity with each other in a densely populated area. I I mean I don't know about you know Milwaukee. I don't know in Chicago. I don't know what the difference is. Is like you know is that densely populated as well? You know. Yeah. So I mean, if no, it is, then no, I hear you. They might not. Care. I honestly feel like, and I've said it for a while. I think I think Houston from from an all time perspective, like if you could do it. I think Quebec deserves it because it sucks that Quebec lost their team. They have an arena ready to rock and roll. And obviously the fans would come in droves. And I'm sure, you know, from some perspective, the NHL probably wouldn't mind having hockey in Quebec City. You get an eighth team in Canada now. That helps Canada. But you don't need to grow the game in Canada. You need to grow the game in the United States. I think it's just as equal in Canada as it is in the United States. I mean, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. I've gone into sports shops all over the place here, obviously, in Connecticut, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, wherever, and there's not too many times where I've walked in and someone has instantly started a hockey conversation with me, as opposed to the sports shop that I went into in Toronto, and the first thing the guy said to me was, oh, you're a Bruins fan. I mean, granted, I had a Bruins jersey on, but I've had I've had Bruins stuff on before, and there's not too many people here that make comments, but as opposed to if I had a Patriots jersey or a Red Sox or a Yankees or something... 
that usually is covered first and foremost. Yeah, but in the vice versa of that, I have noticed a lot of people walking around with Bruins merchandise here, both in Connecticut and in Boston. Well, yeah, but I'm just talking about like you, like if I went into like a sports shop, they wouldn't hear as much hockey chatter. Like a lot of people, well, yeah, as that's what, and that's what I'm saying. Like Canada doesn't need, you know, if Canada gets an eighth team, you're not okay, great, you have a team in Quebec City now, so now you've got Quebec and Montreal and Ottawa and Toronto in that little realm right there, and that's perfect for the league, and then you've got Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary, Winnipeg, and you've got now you've got eight teams, and that works out perfectly. But again, you, if you put a team in the East, you have to find a spot to put them, to move a team out. So I don't know, because Detroit's on the Eastern time zone, so they don't want to be put in the Western Conference again, because then they get stuck playing a bunch of 10 o'clock games, and they yeah. don't, don't want to deal with that, which I don't blame them. I mean, maybe it's changed a little bit more because you play every team. I, I mean, maybe you could theoretically do it, but they probably won't. And Columbus doesn't want to move because they're in the same area that the Red Wings are. So I think f- the most thing that makes sense is if Arizona is to move, move them to Houston. Now, I'm guessing they probably rename the team, rebrand everything, and that also works money-wise for the NHL because you know now Coyote stuff's going to be rare because they don't exist anymore. And now you're getting a whole bunch of new money from a new franchise, selling new merchandise and all that stuff. That's true. Um, I think, too, as and there also was an issue that was state. The team issued a statement saying that they were remaining committed to stay in Arizona and were talking to uh, local officials to try to reengage and find a new spot in, as they call it, the Valley. Mm-hmm. But I think at the same time, the NHL is just like, I've had enough of this. Like, it's it. <laughs> It almost seems like when you're with somebody and they keep making like these like little mistakes and you keep forgiving these little mistakes and now you're just to the point where you're like, I'm so I can't do this anymore. I'm sorry. Like yeah. you've had your opportunities to try to find an arena. Multiple arenas or multiple areas have kicked you out. You played in Glendale, they kicked you out. You've played in all different kinds of places. The other thing they talked about was trying to get a hybrid of an NBA and an NHL arena for both Suns and the Coyotes to play in. Because, I mean, obviously the Bruins and the Celtics do that. Yeah. And you could do the- theoretically do that, but you have to find an area that would let you do that. And then you're still struggling playing at Mullet Arena or whatever until that's built. Yeah, that is true. Whereas, like I said, if you... And then even if that's built, you're spending millions of dollars on that. To bi- uh, Millions, more like billions of dollars. Oh, uh, yeah. And I don't know what the... I mean, I don't know if the relocation fee is the same or like less than an expansion fee. Like, obviously... When Vegas came in, it was a lot of money, and then when Seattle came in, it was a lot of money. So I don't know what the like the like a relocation fee would be if Arizona were to move to Houston. But obviously, from a geographical standpoint, Houston or Kansas City makes the most sense. It's not. It's in a non traditional hockey market that also has like a hockey history or heritage to it. So there is some. And it's not like you're just going somewhere that's like never had hockey before. Like it's not like you're going yeah. to. Um, I'm trying to think of like maybe like, you know, in New Mexico or something, which I'm sure there is hockey in New Mexico, but it wouldn't be the very first place that you'd think of. Yeah. Yeah. So, and obviously, like I said, with Houston being, um, Houston, like I said, was one of the five largest metro areas in the nation and it doesn't have a team. Um, it boasts a ton of people, a ton of businesses and it could grow. And obviously the NHL probably would prefer to have a, a city like that. Not saying that Houston that, that Arizona is a bad city. It's not. I'm sure it's beautiful, and obviously there's a lot of history behind the Coyotes, and there have been a lot of, lot of legendary players who have played for the Coyotes. And in their earlier runs, and like when they started out in the mid '90s or whatever, they were a pretty good team for the first like, you know handful of years, and they've had some ups and downs. And I believe their maybe highest of highs was, I believe in 20, 2012, I want to say when they met the when they. Uh, made the conference finals and eventually lost to the Stanley Cup champions of that year, the Kings. And I mean, you know, but it, it's it's hard. I have to imagine it would be hard to be a Coyotes fan when it's you're just kind of stuck in like an abyss right now. Like no city wants you. You can't find a like a, a stable arena to stay in. Yeah, the team isn't great on paper. I mean, you've got young stars there, but they're not going to be blossoming for maybe another couple years. So you're kind of just like stuck. Now you've got like the NHL trying to like maybe force its hand in and saying, I'm sorry, but we're moving you guys out. And I don't, 
I don't even want to know the logistics of how that's going to cost and how that's going to go. But yeah, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be a lot. But my guess would be, I think either Houston or Kansas City makes the most sense. I know there was recent chatter about Atlanta. I just and again, I don't think I don't think Atlanta deserves a team. They had two shots at it, and why would you put another team there only for them to be booted out again, potentially, because there's just no fan interest? I think there could be fan interest in Houston. Obviously, you know, hockey, the NHL's done a great job of growing the game in non-traditional hockey markets. I mean, California's got three teams, and I'm sure years ago, California would not have been thought of as a preferred destination. For years, there was two teams. There was the the Kings and the Golden Seals until the Golden Seals left, and then eventually now they have the Kings, the Ducks, and the Sharks. And two of those teams have won Stanley Cups, and the Kings have won two. The Sharks have been to the Stanley Cup final, and there's that's a loyal that whole area that's very loyal. And yeah, there's also talks about Portland, Oregon too, but I don't know because of Seattle getting a new team now. I don't know if they would keep it because if it's on the Pacific, you got to move somebody out of the Pacific to move them into the Central. I think just geographically speaking, I think Houston or Kansas City makes the most sense, but I would probably go with Houston. Mm. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens with the team and and how uh, what they what the NHL decides to do in the long. I run. mean, I I wish anybody who's a Coyotes fan all the best of luck. I mean, obviously it would be great to see them stay in Arizona, but I just feel like, especially now too, because of their. I mean, now when you think of like a team in the desert, Vegas is the first that comes to mind. Yeah, yeah. Like if you think of like, you know, oh, well, Vegas is, you know, doing great. And Arizona's over here, been in the league for what, almost 20 years. And like, what the, or actually over 20 years, like what the fuck have they done? Yeah. Arizona does not have a lot of success when it comes to, you know, the Stanley Cup, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Whereas Christ, I mean, you could call it a bit of a conspiracy or a little bit of, you know, the NHL putting their hand into it. But Christ, Vegas made the Stanley Cup final in their first year. Arizona's never been to the Stanley Cup final. Yeah. Unless you're playing your NHL game. <laughs> Ouch. So, what are we on for time? 50 minutes. Yeah, we're we're good then. We're, yeah. We're, we're good. We're good. I think we're good. I think we're good. Um, so, depending on how things go for all the playoffs, the next time when we're on next week, we could be talking about the NBA and the Stanley Cup Finals being ready to go. And my guess right now, if I were, I mean, I'm, my guess would probably be, and this is obviously me just taking kind of a coward's way out, I would say probably Denver and Miami in the NBA Finals. I mean, things could change, and we'll see what happens. And obviously, if it does, it's good ratings for the NBA because a team that's down, both teams are down 3-0, and if somehow the Celtics and Lakers both found a way to win, mm. that's, that's big money. That'd be interesting. It would be interesting. It'd be two teams that are able to do something that no team has ever done before. Yeah. And then in the NHL, I mean... I gotta ride, I gotta ride the hot hand with Florida, man. Like Florida, I think Florida and Vegas might be the two teams, mm. just because they're finding ways to win the close games, and those are the games you win championships. Yeah, I mean that. That I mean, obviously you want to blow the team, your team out. Well, yeah, yeah, of course you want to beat your opponent, but I mean, a four overtime game, especially when you're playing that hard and then you lose. That can really like take the wind out of a team's sails for the whole rest of the series. And then obviously they lost game two. So now you're down 2-0. You have, like I said, you lost both games of your Carolina. Now you got to go to Florida, which, yeah, again, you could potentially win both games. But Florida's just playing like they're playing with house money. They've been playing with house money the entire time. Yeah. They're not. And the same thing with them getting the president's trophy and not. Being able to well, they made it to the second round last year, Florida, when they won the President's Trophy, and they ran into the Lightning, which, of course, you know, yeah. But that's the thing; like, you have a team like that that you know they probably said, "Hey, listen, you know, we got close last year. We need to make it this year, or else." Well, Matthew Kachuk's the X factor in that, and obviously know, yeah. there there are other names, Carter Verhage and Brandon Montour, and all these other guys who are stepping up and playing good hockey. So. And that's all you need to have guys step up. That's right. It's a team game. That's why I love the NHL. It's not just one individual because, you know, obviously, yeah. you know. Well, yet again, you can look at that like, you know, the Washington Capitals. Look how long they had Ovechkin. Ovechkin never had a Stanley Cup because no. the rest of the team around him didn't perform. Well, it's not just that, too. The The Capitals ran into the problem of when you have good goaltending, you had bad offense. When you had good offense, you had bad goaltending. Mm. And there was never the balance of we have, you know, good offense and good goaltending. And they found it. And they were able to ride. And the other thing, too, was 
they kept getting knocked out by the Penguins every year. Mm. Like that, pe- the Penguins were their kryptonite, and I think once they flew past Pittsburgh and they beat them, and they were like, okay. We've got this monkey off our back. This is our fucking chance. The team that always beats us is now out of our way. So they ran through the conference final and took care of business. And then they eventually went to the Stanley Cup final where they took care of business. Mm-hmm. Because again, that was Ovechkin's first chance at a Stanley Cup. And he knew that it could be his only chance. And maybe it probably will be. Yeah. So that being said, we are the Wicked Case Podcast. We stream on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Tune in. Teaser. And <clears throat> teaser. Wherever you can get all major podcasts as well as YouTube. Um, we didn't mention this on the entertainment show, but all shows come out at noon. Sports show on Saturday at noon and entertainment show Sunday at noon. And then if there's any other fun episodes, like holiday themed episodes or something else, we'll keep you posted. Yeah. Sporadic. Our phone number, 774 if you want to give us a call, if you want to be on the show, we had Steph on the show, which you will hear tomorrow mm-hmm. when the time you're listening to this podcast. Uh, we played the best friends game. It was, or if you want to be on the sports episode and talk sports with us, we definitely wouldn't mind that either. Right? Yes, and I know she said she wants to be on the sports episode when it comes to uh, football, fantasy football. I did say that she, in order to her, in order for her to be able to do that, she's got to be on a sports episode, and I'm going to give her a quiz. But I won't make it like a super hard quiz. By the way, she said she answered all the questions from the sports episode that we did last week when I was doing the general sports questions. Yeah. We got all the same answers right and we got all the same answers wrong. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Because <laughs> like with the um, the Ronda Rousey question that you asked me and I said Nunez and she's like in her car audibly going, it's Nunez. It's definitely Nunez. And then when I said, oh, I might be home. And she's like, uh, no, I think it's Nunez. And I said Nunez. And then you were like, no, it's home. And I was like, God, God damn it. <laughs> so email thewickedks at gmail.com website www.thewickedks.com socials facebook instagram and twitter at thewickedks and patreon.com forward slash wickedks three dollars a month uh there's a bunch of good content out there and the more people that are out there the more content we'll put out for you uh any money of course that we told you about goes back into the show and as this guy over here says it's a cup of coffee but, you know, no pressure from our end. If you want to send, that's cool. If you don't, that's fine as well. We're happy to entertain for free if we have to for now because that's what we want to do. And you got to start somewhere. Exactly. You can't just be, Don, you know, Donald Trump and your dad give you like $100 million. as like, a, you know, here, invest this wisely or whatever it was. Didn't his dad give him like a million dollars or something like that yeah, to start like out? That. So, you know, you can't just be handing yeah. things on a silver platter. But no. I, I, but I digress. Be... We're, not a, we're not a political show. So, yeah. That being said... Thanks for tuning in to the sports episode. Um, again, depending on how things go with the rest of the playoffs, this time next week we might be talking uh, finals previews and stuff like that. So stick around for that. And as always, peace and love, y'all. Let's get wicked. Wicked pisser.